Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I've been up and down many mountains in my life. The Himalayas, the Nilgaris, the Rockies, the Appalachian, the Sierra Nevada. This last summer, Vanessa and I and Kaylee too were driving up and down the mountains of Olympic National Park. And it's always a lot of work. Even when you're driving, it's a lot of work to get up and down mountains. But it's always worth it. I've never once regretted going up a mountain. Even on cloudy days, the views can still be well worth the trip. Jesus invites us up a mountain today as well for a very different kind of view, but one that is nevertheless always worth it. It's a view that uh, Jesus needed as he was facing Jerusalem and the death on the cross that was about to come. He needed the encouragement. He, na- he needed the strength that God would give him through talking with Moses and Elijah. It's a view that the apostles, Peter, James, and John, needed. Peter, at least, definitely uh, was in desperate need of some encouragement. Our text is going to tell us that this happened six days after. Six days after what? Six days after Peter confessed to Jesus, you are the Christ, but also six days after Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Six days after Jesus told the apostles, some of you will not taste death until you see the kingdom. Peter, no doubt, needed to be reminded that his sins were forgiven. He needed to be reminded that who Jesus was and the glory that was his and he needed to be reassured that despite his blunder six days earlier, he was still a part of God's kingdom. It's a view that Jesus and the apostles know that we desperately need as well. Like Peter, we, off, we sometimes open our mouths when we should keep silent and make other mistakes and blunders. We sometimes feel like maybe we aren't really good enough Christians. And so Jesus invites us along. He does more than invite us along. He pulls us along to be reminded of the glory that will be ours after the sufferings and the difficulties of of this life. That glory that belongs to Christ, but which he shares with us having died for our sins. So we turn to that view and to our text this morning, which is found in the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 9, verses 2 through 8, and we'll begin with verses 2 through 4. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Jesus goes up the mountain to meet his father, but he doesn't go alone. He doesn't so much invite Peter, James, and John as he drags them to the father. The word which is translated in our text, led them up on a, led them up. It's a a very interesting word in the Greek, and you, you wouldn't know that it's anything significant there from the English translation. 
But it's a word that's only ever used of going up to God. It has a religious significance to it. It's used, for example, of Jesus who offered himself up as a sacrifice in the book of Hebrews. It's used of Jesus at his ascension when he went up to the Father in heaven. And it's used also here of him going up the mountain to the Father. In the book of James, James uses it when he's discussing Abraham who brought up, same word, brought up Isaac to offer him as a sacrifice to God. James 2.21 Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac? There's that, that same word there. His son on the altar. And so just as Jesus brought up Peter, James, and John, so also Abraham brought up Isaac to God. And what was it that Abraham received when he brought Isaac up that mountain? He received a picture of the Messiah. He received a reminder of Christ who would come and die for our sins, and he received from God the blessing, now I know that you fear God. When Jesus brings up Peter, James, and John, and, and us as well, we also receive the same thing on the Mount of Transfiguration, that picture of the glory of the Christ, and the blessing that this is the promise that we have received in Christ, and which we carry with us all our lives. Peter also uses this same word in 1 Peter 2, 5. When he says, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a, pre a holy priesthood, to offer up, same word, offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is what Peter meant when he, when he talked about offering up our lives as spiritual sacrifices. He's not saying, go and sell your house and, and live in a monastery. He's saying, take the time to go up the mountain. He might have even been thinking about his experience on Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration, encouraging us to set aside the time every day to go up with him to receive this vision. In, in verse 4, just before the verse uh, I read, he even says, coming to him, being brought to the Father. In our Old Testament reading, we heard of how Elisha received a very similar view of the glory that would follow his ministry when he saw Elijah taken up into heaven. And there's no doubt that that, that view would have been a source of strength and encouragement to Elisha his whole life. Whenever he may have been depressed or upset or gotten down about the work of the ministry to remember what was to come later. And so in our text, we have the same view, the view of the glory that is to follow. And Peter encourages us to offer up spiritual sacrifices, that is to go up to God regularly to be reminded of this image, this view, and to receive from God this blessing. We continue with verses 5 to 6. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. 
because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. The first half of what Peter says there is very true. We just sang a hymn based on those words. It is good to be here. It's good to be here this morning. It's good every day to come back to that image of Christ and his glory and his death for our sins and the forgiveness of sins. The, the second part of what Peter says there, though, is, is not so good. To build tabernacles, to, to worship uh, Moses and Elijah. Our text reveals that Peter is afraid and confused, and for that reason, he doesn't really realize what he's saying. I've read that in the deep, dark waters, divers can sometimes, if they're not careful, also get confused as to which way is up. They can sometimes think they're swimming to the surface, but actually be swimming down, deeper to the sea. The same thing is true of those buried in snow, that they can sometimes also get confused as to which way is up and st start struggling the wrong way to get out of the snow. It might seem odd to us that anyone could be so confused that they don't know which way is up. But fear and panic can really confuse people and make them have wrong decisions. It's certainly what happens to Peter in our text. Afraid and confused, he opens his mouth without thinking about what he's saying and goes the, the wrong way. We sometimes make the same mistake. In the sin of this world, in the confusion of our lives, out of fear of doing the wrong thing or something bad happening to us, we sometimes get confused as to which way we ought to be going. That's why we daily need to go up the mountain to the Lord. That's why we need to start every day with that repentance and, and with God's word and that reminder of Jesus who died for our sins and, and the reminder of what comes after this life, the glory that we see shining through Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration so that we don't get confused and, and lost in our life. The kids this, this morning are going to have the Sunday school story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. They're going to see how that Pharisee also gets very confused. Afraid of becoming like the tax collector. Afraid of becoming a sinner trying so hard to, to prove himself a, a good person and do the right thing, he loses his way. and starts bragging about what a good person he is. It's easy to get turned around like Peter, to get confused. And that's why we have the cross here at the front of the, front of the church, isn't it? To remind us every Sunday that we're coming here as penitent sinners to receive from Christ that forgiveness and the reassurance, despite our sin, of the glory that is to follow so that we can run our race with our eyes firmly fixed on the goal. Hebrews 12 reminds us, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We daily need to, to start our lives, to start our day with that, that view of Christ glorified and the, the blessings and the promises that he offers us through his cross so that we 
don't get confused and turned around. Verses 7 to 8. And a cloud came and overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. Suddenly when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. What do we find at the top of the mountain? We find Jesus. And we find the voice of the Father reminding him, this is the one that you are to listen to. The Father's words here take us back to the Old Testament and the foot of Mount Sinai. They remind us how Moses went up into the cloud to receive from God the law and brought it back down to the people. And yet before Moses died, he told the Israelites, God will raise up for you from among your brethren one like me. Him you shall listen to. Now here we have the voice of the Father saying, this is the one that was promised. Listen to him. We remember how at the foot of that same Mount Sinai, God originally spoke to the, to the children of Israel from the heavens with the with, through the cloud with the voice of thunder. And the people pleaded with Moses, don't let God speak to us again. You go and talk to him and tell us what he has to say. We cannot bear his voice. And here's the father fulfilling the promise. He told the Israelites, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good idea. And here he comes to us in the person of Jesus Christ. So that at the top of the Mount of Transfiguration, we do not find the voice of the law and the voice of thunder. But we find Jesus who willingly gave himself up as a sacrifice for us and has promised that we are his brethren and walks with us each and every day of our life. You know, of all the, of all the mountains I've climbed, I've never ever tried to do anything dangerous. I've never scaled a, a cliff face or taken one of those ice picks and gone up uh, Mount Everest. The closest I've, I, I've seen Mount Everest, I've been close enough to see it, but only from a great distance. Those mountaineers who take on dangerous mountains sometimes go through a lot of work only to find their way blocked by storms so that they, they can't get up any higher. That's what happened to the Israelites at the foot of Mount Sinai, isn't it? They could not go up the mountain because of the glory of the Lord, because of the cloud, and because of the thunder, because of their sin. But the writer of Hebrews reminds us that's not the mountain that we're going up today. We're not in front of a mountain that is, clou that is clouded and full of thunder and, and burning. For you have Hebrews 12, 18. For you have not come to the mountain that may, be, that may be touched and that burned with fire into blackness and darkness and tempest. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Since we have not come to the mountain surrounded by darkness and thunder, since we have not come to the, to the voice of the law, but instead we have come to the Mount of Transfiguration, to Jesus, who not only gives us the forgiveness of sins, but invites us into the kingdom and to share that glory that we see with him. We ought to be ever more eager to ascend with joy daily to receive this vision, to receive this view, and to be reminded 
of that glory that waits for us because he died for our sins. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.